We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging service fees ever. Tipic is the exclusive ticketing partner for Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Network. And now, on to the show. John Van Brassen drops back, throws an arching pass upfield. Macy Townfield gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score from Los Angeles. A 72 yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. There's a whole burst to it. 20. Right steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs a tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-hosts. We got the trio tonight, my co-host, Tommy Avance, and former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart, and we're here to take a look at the Rams, um, well, yeah, that debacle in San Francisco last night, 31-10 loss. I, I got to tell you the truth, folks, before I bring these guys in, I got to tell you the honest truth. We were going to do a, a live post game after the game last night, and the three of us all agreed that's a bad idea. It'll be emotional, be three guys just spouting off, and while it may have been entertaining for you, it wouldn't have been good for us. So here we are, almost 24 hours later, ready to talk about it. Mike, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing well, man. Uh, yeah, I had to sleep on it a little bit, but you know, I kind of had to turn away and go away and go make some cookies or something, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to hearing what both you gentlemen have to say on what happened last night at Levi Stadium. Tommy, what's up? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get mad. I just, as soon as I saw the game start, I couldn't help but laugh and say, here we go again. It was bad. Same verse. Worst as the first, my friends. Wow, you went there. Second verse, same as the first. A little bit louder and a little bit worse. Bringing back some <laughs> memories. Bringing back some memories. I mean, I guess the place to start here is the 49ers themselves. Uh, there was a graphic in the game showing like all these players they have on injury reserve. It felt an awful lot like last year when they had a whole bunch of players on injury reserve and they came out there and beat us too. I... I'm wondering what your initial, just your initial thoughts are. Like, how do you gauge this game? How do you look at it in the grand scope of a 17-game season, especially considering, I mean, 
this is like a Dennis Green moment. They are who we thought they were. They they did what we knew they were going to try and do. And if we knew it, then how on earth were the Rams unprepared for it? I'm going to start with you, Mike. What are your thoughts? Well, it, one of the things that just jumped out at me immediately, especially once it got into the second half, <clears throat> we're down, what, 21-7. Then when they got 28, I'm like, yeah, this game's over. Uh, but last year, they credited the new New York Jet head coach. Uh, what's his name? Robert Sala? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of being just defensive guru. I'm not sure who the D coordinator is this year, but to me, it's neither one of those guys. It's that Kyle Shanahan guy. It's like he literally has Sean McVay's number, whether it's mental. Hey, I'm going to show you little, little Kyle what I can do or whatever. And it's like, no, this guy get handled by this Kyle Shanahan like every time. And so that just jumped out at me like, okay, what is it about these two competitive inside or something? But it just throws McVay off his game, in my opinion. Tommy, your evaluation on that? Well, I mean, we're just not seeing Sean McVay change anything. He says the same thing every week. He comes out, breaks the huddle, and I see five guys lined up on the outside, and one of them is always a running back on the very outside, whether it's Sony Michelle or Daryl Henderson. Michael, you played defensive back in the NFL. I never made it that far. I went on my uh, rock star brigade instead of went to college. Um, I think every 19-year-old would have chose that. But, you know, I played safety for six years and quarterback for, for five. And uh, as a former defensive back that used to lay the bricks because, you know, John Lynch was my favorite player. I mean, he came into the league when I was, I think, a freshman in high school. So I modeled my game after him. And what you do back there is you impose your will, right? Whether you're at DB or safety, you impose your will. You let those receivers and everybody know you come across the middle. I'm taking you. I'm taking you out, you know, and you and that's what the 49ers team does they since jim harbaugh was their coach they built a roster that was full of tough guys guys that love to fight right this game is made for barbarians and there's a lot of guys out there that are imposters we all know that we've all played against them they put that helmet on they look scary and they get out there and you could smell that fear right not everybody in the nfl is tough we know that you can see that Teams like the 49ers and teams like the Tennessee Titans, you know, that are built in the image of Mike Vrabel, who was a a hat layer himself, right? This is what they're doing. This is, I think Sean McVay and the guys forget, this is football. This isn't Madden, all right? You can't just scheme everything and play chess all the time and, oh, yeah, this is going to work out great. It's not if you don't confuse the defense a little bit and when you just come out with five wide every dude as a defensive back in the defense you just laugh you're like are they really disrespecting us like this they're just telling us what they're gonna do um not having it do you agree oh 100 percent, 100 percent. man you you are so on time because uh that was one of the things before i was let go from high school here last month on some stuff is that people try to make football that it's not football anymore and you could literally see uh the linebacker 51 uh just imposing his will on any and everybody oh yeah and i and i go yes that's how you hit i think it's fred warner isn't it fred warner's 54 but 51 i don't know his name but he was laying it too dude that that inside linebacking core was letting our offenses know hey you come over here we're gonna hit you in the mouth he hit sony michelle so hard on the side he turned him sideways but that's how you hit this is football the last time i checked not chess or checkers bro and then that neither (laughs) neither. and so these guys or people think that Oh, well, you know, it's, no, man, football is just that. It's imposing your will. And when you do it play after play, you can see who's willing to go the next play. You see guys checking out, 
Hey, dropping balls. I had never seen so many receivers drop passes last night. I'm like, okay, well, I've been on Van Jefferson, but uh, I'm like, okay, maybe. No hard team did that. Yeah, maybe that's why I haven't been playing. He's a little inconsistent dropping these passes, but is it this game or, or what is it? But absolutely, you impose your will and you go, let's see if you want to kind of get down here, down and dirty. And it just seemed like the Rams are trying to play Hollywood style football and the Niners absolutely. And as you said, John Lynch, he's at the top of the chain food chain now, as far as, uh, you know, being a GM. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's in there making sure they get guys who are tough and rugged and want to hit you. And they probably go, Hey man, we'll take care of those fines. Don't worry about it. Yep. I'm going to lay this out and and I know I'm going to make some people angry at this. I know I am. Okay. And I got big enough shoulders I can handle it. The Rams are frauds. They're frauds. And the reason why I'm saying that is we the same the, the same conditions have been there all year. They haven't fixed the problem. The Bears did this to them. The Coles did this to them. Various other teams did this. The difference was the talent in those games. Well, you know what? Against an arch rival who's already motivated, against a team like Tennessee, your talent couldn't save you. And if you can't fix the problem 10 games in, when you have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and now Vaughn Miller on your defense, and you have a strong Jordan Fuller back there as well, I mean, how, are, how, do you, how can you excuse it anymore? That's defensively alone. So, as we get into the winter months, and you start, they got to play the Packers in two weeks, and, you gotta, and you're, you're going to be going time. east a couple times. A couple times. The only real way we can hang our hat on in reality right now is the Tampa game. Honestly, that's the one you can hang your hat on. You're a fraud. Doesn't mean they'll stay frauds. But yeah, it's dude, who have they beaten? People, outside of Tampa. Honest, nobody here is calling for Sean McVay's head. You agree? I'm not. But what I am calling for is accountability. Okay, because if, if he doesn't change what he's doing, if he doesn't stop drinking his own Kool-Aid because the media pumped him up his first two or three years in the league, like he was they kept calling him this this genius. Oh, he's such a genius. Oh, my goodness. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> would a genius do what he's doing right now? Albert Einstein would disagree, right? Well, right it's not even just him, Tommy, though. It's not, it's not just him. It's you got a defensive coordinator who I think gets a, he gets, he gets a pass for the first few games as he, gets, as he puts his system and adjusts to the old system. He's working his original players. But now you're 10 games in, and you still have the same problems. So it's, it's, it's Raheem Morris, it's going to be it's, it's going to be Sean McVay. It's not just McVay. At some we point, know that. It's you got to adjust. Staff. The coaching staff on this team is the problem, not the talent. Okay, The only problem with the talent is they're not tough and they can't handle adversity. They get in their feelings when they get down. And they, but last night, they just the whole team basically gave up. They when they got out. down... They, yeah, they all checked out. They all started dropping balls. They didn't care. I, I don't know. Let, let me ask you this, Michael. Were the players sending a message to the coaching staff last night? We had enough of your nonsense. Well, you could look at that if you're looking at it, you know, from our perspective, player days, right? You know, you play quarterback. You know what it's like to throw to a receiver who's going to catch it, a guy who's not. Mm-hmm. Guy who's not scared to go over the mir- middle, and you know what it's like from a defensive standpoint when you lay the lumber to someone if they really want to come back in there. And so you could say that. I guess I try to lean with, okay, man, these guys are in the NFL. But what I've known or kind of seen over the years, the money has really gotten to a point like, yeah, I'm not doing all that extra. And, you know, we don't have to practice as hard. We don't have to. And I think there's obviously some benefits from the physical head injury trauma stuff. 
But as I've always said, I was that guy who wore every piece of equipment they gave me. Why? Because I want to try to be as protected as I can. So when I do and lay lumber or whatever, I'm at least protected. But I see guys stripped out uniforms. I see they don't have any knee protection whatsoever. No knee protection. Not even a neoprene sleeve. You know, well, the something. thing is, those those things you're supposed to be getting sent back to the locker room for not having uh, the proper equipment on. So I don't know how guys are getting on that when officials check you before the game and they definitely are checking. But, yeah, it's like guys are not wearing anything. So when you put all those things into together, going back to what Derek is saying, yeah, we're 10 games in, but you still got these new guys that. They'll try to buy in, but now if guys aren't buying in because you think like, yeah, man, you know, maybe they're not listening to us. Now you can get some problems again. Then you get another guy in, you know, Von Miller, and you know they said he played like forty some snaps, and I go, hmm, that's that's kind of a lot of snaps for a guy that maybe hasn't really been here that much, except he played for the Colts, so maybe it's the same system for him. So he picked it up pretty easy, but. Yeah, I'm I'm real interested as we continue on this evening to to just hear some more thoughts on just overall. I, I definitely agree that Coach McVay, you know, is believing a wonder boy and a genius or whatever. But when I saw them start throwing those uh, wide receiver screens and just getting lit up with those, I go, really? We go back laughing because you know you'd blow those guys up too. I would. I would yeah. laugh if they disrespect me like that. You really going to run that garbage again? Boy, I'm going to take that dude's head off. Get out of here with that noise. (laughs) (laughs) All week long, too. Think about this, guys. All week long, the media, all they're doing is talking about the Rams are just going to roll over the Niners. They got Vaughn. They got Odell, blah, blah, blah. You don't think the Niners are on social media looking at that noise, watching TV? Boy, if I was on the Niners, I'd be like, oh, yeah? Okay. I'll see you. I'll see you on Monday, dude. And that's exactly what they did. The reality is, none of us actually <laughs> believe that. None of us believe the four Rams are going to we're going to get rolled over. We thought the Rams could win. We hoped they would win, but none of those of us who follow this team ever believe this is ever going to be a blowout victory. When Javier was on the show and he's talking about the Rams winning the game, I'm like, hey, you're too you're too not confident, man. You should be more confident than what you are because the 49ers... Him and my own brother, who's mm-hmm. a Niner fan, were like, you guys are going to blow us up. You know? They, they, they mailed that game in. And boy, was it the complete opposite. My brother was texting me like, wow. I'm like, yeah, Sean McVay's... He needs to... They, take that clipboard away from me and put him in the corner for a game or two, boy. You need to sit it out. <laughs> Give it to Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> Let that kid do it because you ain't it, my man. And Kevin... Ain't got no stones because if he did, he would pull him aside. But these guys are just a bunch of yes men. That's why this, these these guys keep getting head coaching jabs because they're not afraid to challenge Sean McVay. That's why they're not in the building anymore. Okay, and look what they're doing with their teams. Pretty good to me. They got right? a point. I got a point for that. But real quick, folks, before we head on out and, and make that point, we had knock, knock her ads out here. Well, I think give our thanks to Tick Pick. Tick Pick has been really an awesome partner to have and this is why there is no need whatsoever to go searching for tickets anymore for NFL games because TickPick that's T-I-C-K P-I-C-K is now the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets there are no more awful services that the other sites charge and guess what if you happen to find better prices for the same seats on their site TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That alone is worth checking out. That alone. But if you have not actually used our site before, go to TickPick.com slash RTR and you can save $10 on your first order for Rams tickets or NFL tickets. Hey, if you feel like hitting the road and going to freezing cold Green Bay, that's two weeks away. Hopefully, see the Rams turn this thing around. Go get your tickets there. It'll be a hot ticket. Rams Packers, that's November 28th, 12 days away. Go check them out. Folks, it's worth it. That's tickpick.com slash RTR. And there you go. Another word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, so going back to the, the whole idea of coaching staff, Sean McVay, I want to read this to you guys. This is from the presser today. And I was just like, are you bleeping kidding me? Do you seriously say this? This was McVeigh's comments today. And I, I, actually, I actually just want to read this to, I want to read this so I can see Tommy's face as I read this, because I know what Tommy's going to do. This is on if there is concern of confidence issues when you lose back-to-back games like they have. Quote, Sean McVay, I don't think so because I know my confidence isn't lost. I don't think our players is. But I think what you want to make sure is that you are demonstrating reasons to feel confidence, whether that's drawing on previous experiences, showing them that these things haven't worked out to our favor. Why is that? Is that something we, we can overcome and giving tangible evidence for what they should draw a confidence on? Hey, is this what we need to be able to do? Let's go do it. But don't just show up and say, hey, yeah, I feel confident. Wow. I, all I heard was he was talking in circles. That's, That's all I heard. I mean, Mike? He said nothing. He said nothing. He said Mike? Nothing. He gave me nothing. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I don't I don't get all that except that, you know, and again, you know, I know that from quote unquote head coach you're trying to keep things positive and things like that, but that's the thing maybe I appreciate about whether you like him or not, is about a Bill Belichick. You know, those guys are Bill Parcells. I love Bill Parcells. He just called it as it was. He wasn't mm-hmm. trying to sugarcoat or do all those things. I think Coach McVay, you know, and his youthfulness, he wants to, you know, be looked at. I mean, we all have things we want people to look at us positively and things like that. But, you know, at this position, head coach, former one now at high school, is you got to actually be able to say, yeah, this is what it is, whether you like it or not. And, yeah, I'm not sugarcoating or trying to make it be what it's not. The idea to say, we know we got to go up to Frisco and win, and then when we play, then it's like, okay, something doesn't make sense. For instance, you can't tell me Odell Beckham doesn't know how to run routes. I don't care if he got off the plane 10 minutes before the game started. If he's in shape, 
He still knows how to run routes. You don't need to know the offense. Just go, hey, Odell, run a 15-yard post. Boom. Slant, a curl. In the huddle, uh, he can just tell him. He, just, he doesn't know the play, but good. Hey, you don't need to know it. On this play, you run a nine. On this play, you run a seven. This play, you run a four. Boom, that's it. Problem solved. That's it. That's it. So it's communication, that's like, all. Oh, well, you know, he's got to learn. No, man. Put the you don't need to learn a damn thing at wide receiver, dude. I, you know how many of my wide receivers might come up to me that be like, what's the play again? I'm going to run a seven, dummy. But you, you treat them that way because they're just receivers. Catch the ball. Here's your route tree. Know your route tree. Memorize it. Run it. Live it. Love it. Boom. Get out of my face. Well, here, here check this. <laughs> check this out. This is just kind of more for, for, for mockery, okay? This is on what are the similarities now and differences between the, the back-to-back surprising quote lost in 2018. Okay, this, I'm going down a little bit. You just look around the league at the different parity that exists. I want to look at the first full 10 games we played. I don't want to minimize the importance of you are only as good as your most recent game as well. You got to look at closely those things that haven't been up to standards. And then again, you got to really monitor how do we move forward with the players that we're going to be playing with, ha- with and how do we fit those guys in the right way to ultimately the best offense, defense, and kicking game those operations for a football team. We haven't played good enough complimentary football. Hold on, stop. I got I it's You're 10 freaking games into the season. How do you not know where your players fit? How do you not know what your standards are? How do you not know what they should be doing? This should be you should already be there. This should not be I shouldn't be ranting about it in episode 10. Uh see after game 10. I shouldn't I shouldn't have to look at Tom and give me that that smile he's giving me right now. This is BS, dude. Stop with the hot garbage. Just own it. Don't say we got to do this. You own it and say, listen, I botched this up. This is on me. I don't have my team ready. We got to fix it. We're going to fix it now. I don't want to hear this. And I don't want to hear. He did this thing against the standard line, Tommy, which is, yeah, I have to put our team in better position. Well, no fake, Jake. No, no. I don't need to hear that. Just fix it. Fix it. It's just coach speak, man. No, I don't even watch those press conferences. I'll just laugh at him, dude. Because no, it's, yeah. it's it's laughable, dude. It's I don't even watch them. People are like, do you watch a press conference? I'm not even watched a Sean McVay press conference. But it's not even coaching. Co- Tommy, it's not even coach. It's just it's outright just like a BS. Rerun. It's like the movie Groundhog. You're gaslighting me, man. <laughs> don't tell me you want you want to Listen, figure out where you are. This guy, maybe this guy's too smart for his own good. Smart. Sometimes smart people get in their own way, man. In football, it's not rocket science. It's this simple. You're going to play a team like the 49ers. You play to their level. What's their level? Smash mouth football. So guess what we're going to do tonight? You tell your, you know, you practice all week. You tell your offensive lineman, you bring him in the, the meeting room and you say, hey, guys, guess what? I got a surprise for you. What's that? We don't fight on Monday. Y'all ready to fight? Because these guys want to fight you. So you want to fight? Yeah, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to play a good run defense, and we're going to get into a war and see who comes out on top because that's the game the Niners wanted to play. That's the game we should play. If you go back to every loss since Sean McVay has been a head coach in the NFL for the Rams, what is the common denominator? I already know it. Trenches, man. It's No, it's every time he plays against a good defense, he loses. But, and it's, but he loses in the trenches. That's where the, that's where he always loses. Yes. The front in the end, trenches, dude, on both sides of the ball, that, dude. That's where we all know since we were kids. That's where the game won, and that's what the tough guys down. You know, if you have tough guys in the trenches, man, you're in good shape, dude. That's why I wanted to draft all those offensive linemen this year because this draft had so many tough guys. I mean, so many. There's and there, guess what? All those tough guys are starting in the NFL's rookies. All of them. Kendrick Green, Creed Humphrey, Quinn Minard, Spencer Brown. These are bullies, man. Starting as rookies. I had them all yeah. ranked there, man. We could have had any one of those guys or multiple. And we want to draft a thousand wide receivers because that's going to win you a Super Bowl. Well, I, I knew something was going to be a ray when you have Chris Collinsworth last week saying, hey, I, I don't know why they don't give the O-line some help. They're not used to this, you know, just kind of drop back thing. You know, let's get out, move the pocket a little bit, do this, do that. 
So again, if you have a former receiver who's obviously from commentating, watched a lot of games and different things, but if they can just pick that up off of, uh, you know, couple series, a half of football, that's what always makes it laughable knowing how much we used to meet in the NFL about a whole bunch of stuff, except the things that are important being, are you going to outman up that guy over there? Yeah. All the schemes and all that stuff. Yeah. I guess you need schemes, but I know when we played the Niners, it was this same type of thing. Like, man, one, why do you guys think we already going to lose because Joe Montana? Man, forget that. They got to come bring it. The thing I love about the Niners, though, you're just not going in their house and just going to put it on. So at a minimum, protect home field. And that's kind of even with the Rams. I don't know that they really get that yet. Like, yeah, man, you just can't come in here and beat us. You're going to have to take it. You know, maybe you get a safety at the end of the game or something crazy. But I love what the Niners did in that sense of being able to say, yeah, man, we're going to show you what it's about when you come to the this Levi Stadium situation. I'm, I just want to point this out. And that that's actually what bothered me about the Tennessee loss more than anything else. Something they lost is like they didn't protect home field. Like you actually have a home crowd now. That place was buzzing. And I mean, it was buzzing for the Rams. You had a few little spotty sections of, of Titans fans there. But you actually had a full-blown Rams home field advantage in the game. And it's like the Rams didn't treat it like it was special. Because that's because you, you show it in how you play. Like, the Rams haven't treated it special, in my view, all year. They should be, though. They finally got their cathedral. They got a fan base that's fired up for them in that building instead of going and sucking it out in, Col- in the Coliseum. I just, that bothers me. And then you come out and you drop and you lay an egg out here in San Francisco when you know they're going to come for you. It's the same game plan they always throw at you every single time out. You know they're going to try and run 40 times on you. You know they're going to come right. You know they're going to hit you hard. You know they're going to attack your quarterback. Nothing has changed. Everything old is new again, apparently, for the Rams because they don't seem to get it in their heads. They already have the 49er game plan because the 49ers have used it like five straight, five straight times now. Yeah, you know, it's not. The, the Niners, they came out and played football. And what football is, is they're, they're like, we're not going to change what we do until you stop it. Why would you? Why would you? You know, guys kept saying that the, the Niners came out and did the same old thing. And, and what did we do about it? Nothing, because you don't have to. Just like, you know, I was telling the guys on Spaces last night when I used to play my brother in Madden, I'd get down to like the two-yard line and I'd look over my brother and say, I'm going to run the ball right at the middle. What you going to do about it? You know, just joking around playing video games. But, dude, they do that in real football, too. I did it. You did it, too, Michael. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, you want to, oh you're going to come out like that knowing exactly what they're going to do? You're going to disrespect me like that? All right, man, I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to blow you yeah. up, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, and it's just amazing because think about it, guys. What did you guys figure out probably after about a quarter of the ball who their go-to guy on offense was going to be? For the Rams? For for the Niners. Oh, Debo. Okay. So every time I turn on the game, when Debo Sanders plays against you, man, he goes have a field day. How do you guys, towards the end of the game, you need to stop. Taylor Rapp, they're in the dime or nickel or whatever they were. They had a three wide out set. Taylor Rapp snucks up, snuggles up close to the third receiver, Debo Sanders, and then he runs a little over out in the middle and just gets beat by him crossing face. It's like Taylor Rapp. You don't know just from a stand and a situational point, there's going to be an inside receiver. Why would you go close enough to the guy? where he can easily just go around you. It's just stuff like that. <laughs> and then the backside uh, dime player, they had one receiver. He took off upfield. You're taught, or at least what I teach our guys is, when you're on the backside, you look for a guy who can be threatening your zone from the three, especially if he's tight. He should have known, too, should have been an easy pick for him off the backside because a quarterback would never expect him to be there. But they just ran a, a zone route right between those guys, and then he catches it and goes for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, they have no idea what they're doing when they're putting Jalen Ramsey at linebacker every game instead of 
playing against the best receiver on every team every game. It's a no-brainer. You're paying the guy 20-plus million dollars a year. You line him up against the best receiver each Thank week, you. and you call it a day, man. Come on, dude. What are you doing? Why is he Thank playing you. linebacker? <laughs> but, you know, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. You want me to, you want me to lay it out? Because they didn't Help draft me. Nick Help Bolton yeah. like I told well, you. But, but, okay, yeah, we know that part. We, you haven't let that dog lie, okay? But the reality is that when I'm watching that game, the guy out there who was hitting hardest was Jalen Ramsey, which is embarrassing to me. You always do. Your corner shouldn't be the guy who's hitting hardest. No. He's a banger, man. He's one of those rare corners. That but he shouldn't be. Like, people, I'm not saying he's, he's on a banger. banger. I'm not saying he's on a banger. I'm saying he shouldn't be. The rest he of your defense. the main guy he, out there pumping everyone up, getting like He's leading by example, but you know, physically – he shouldn't be doing that as a corner. You yeah, know and did you mean? notice that they locking down, locking down the number one guy on each team? That's what you're paying him for, dude. And let me Take wrap away this back half around. of the field like Revis, you know. Let me wrap this back around, Mike, because Mike asked this question earlier, and I, you know, pondering it for a second, he asked the question: Do the players just say peace as a way to send a message to the coaching staff? And then I think of the images of Raheem Morris going off, getting going off on. <laughs> He was getting getting verbally laid out by Jalen Ramsey in this game. I loved that too, by the and way. And guess what? I loved it because I used to chop my coaches up too. I didn't care. But if you were out of if you were out of hand, well, I'll line you up real quick. I didn't care if you were my coach. But dude. Jalen Ramsey, did he not? Was he not right? <laughs> he was right, and that's I love alpha players on the field and off the field. And he's a leader. He leads by example. If his coach is being dopey, he's going to let him know. I used to do the same thing. At quarterback, I threw a touchdown. I changed the play at the line. I threw a touchdown. The offensive coordinator yelled at me because I changed the play. I'm all sorry, but your play wasn't going to work. I just threw a touchdown. You're welcome. Get out of my face. Like, get out of my face with that noise, dude. I'm not trying to hear yeah, that. You're the coach. I'm the quarterback. I'm the coach on the field. You need to know your role. And when I walk over here, if your play's not going to work, I'm going to audible out of it. That's my job. Well, the thing is, you're, what you're talking about is good players get a flow for the game. And again, yep. that's what kind of goes, okay, Coach McVay, Kevin McDonald, the rest of you offensive gurus, <laughs> you guys are telling me, you, you, this is supposed to be your boy, Sean, Kyle. That means you should know a little bit of his style. That's what coordinators are. They have a style of play. And what Kyle is doing, he's showing McVay the world, the, the blueprint on how to beat this guy. All you got to do ground and pound it, and then he's just mm-hmm. going to go back to this. Play zero coverage. Yeah, Play this zero. okey-doke stuff, and it's like, okay, what are we doing? And then uh, the fact that this guy, I just lost my train of thought. But my point is, ultimately, when you have an opportunity to make adjustments, you don't have your tight end running east and west to the line on some flanker screens. Who's he going to outrun? Dang. No. Oh, my Run gosh. I've been waiting for us to talk about that. Seam route and make one of those DBs have to hit a dude that's twice as big as him. That's what you do. Exactly. You How about 4th and 11? on the show with Mike. I want to share a little inside story with you, and I don't know if you've heard it on an episode before, but in 2018, when Sean McVay went up to Detroit and played against Matt Patricia, and I watched that game closely, and we won. We won like 30 to 16, but the score did not depictate what really happened in that game, okay? So I worked at the time at a major um, telecom provider. I'll just say that, okay? And one of my coworkers, a manager at that company, was Matt Patricia's cousin, Tim Patricia, who I worked very closely with. And he used to ask him a lot of questions, okay? And one of the questions I asked him after the game, the next day in the office was, hey, man, you think Bill gave your cousin a call and gave him a couple of tips because uh, he, Bill Belichick is such a planner. He saw what the Rams were doing and how they were stacking that team with Ndamukong Suze and Aqib Talibs and Marcus Peters and all these guys. There was a good chance that if the Patriots got to the Super Bowl that year, they were going to play against Rams, right? You guys agree? So he was planning way ahead. He calls his boy, who he trained up, right? And he says, hey, man, why don't you try this? What, what's your game plan? Okay, I'm going to do this. All right, that's good. Try this, too. Boom. 
Let's get let's get this. Just way ahead preparation. I ask him all that, and then he looks up. I'm all, so what's that, you, bro? And he looks over at me with this very sinister smile, and that's all I needed. Okay? And what did Vic Fangio do the very next week? He actually made it work and got the W in that Bears game. The very next week, my man. My point is, is that people were scheming to slow this kid down just like back in the day they were scheming to slow down Mike Martz and his greatest show on turf, and eventually they did, right? And he's out of the league, right? You got to adjust, man. Bill Belichick, the only reason he still has a job is because he don't sit still. Everything he, I mean, he's winning with Mac Jones right now. Mac Jones is whack, and he's winning with him, yeah, dude. That yeah, guy's yeah. sorry. But he, he takes guys, and he just, he takes guys that are smart, and he doesn't, Put him in positions to fail. He just he coaches them up, dude. His team is usually full of a bunch of guys you never even heard of. And what do they do? They just keep winning because he keeps adjusting. Every week, it's a new opponent and it's a new game plan. Sean McVay, all he does is try to stick that square peg into a round hole every week. And if he keeps doing that, he's going to be back to an OC or out of the league. And I don't want to see that because I think he's just amazing. He's just He's buying into his own hype, man. He needs to grow up a little bit, dude. You have to grow. We're wrapping back now to the very beginning of the show. You can't stay stagnant. Bill Belichick, throughout all his years, never stayed stagnant. He kept moving forward. He kept planning. He kept. And the biggest thing that scares me about last night's game isn't the loss. It's the fact they put all that in film. And teams, the Packers get two weeks to study that film. So now we're going to find out a lot right now about where Sean McVay is because he knows the Packers are going to look at that film for the next two weeks. And the Packers right now, they're going to say, well, hey, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got Devontae Adams. and No, they're a running team. And they're, they're going to play strong defense. They're more like the 49ers than you know the opposite. The, than the Rams. They're more like the Niners than the Rams. They're more yep. like the Titans than the Rams. They're more yes. like the Colts than the Rams. Okay. They run the ball and they play defense. That's the football I grew up on. Right. Is is the Sean McVay's best offense was the misdirection offense in 2017 that lit the league up. That if you go back and look at the film and how creative that all was versus what he's doing now. Is ju- he's just lining up five wide, and one of them's a running back, and in running routes, you might as well be put Matt Stafford back on the Detroit Lions with all those uncreative offenses, because that's exactly what Sean McVay's offense right now. It's vanilla. It's a there, joke, and there's no reason to do that. You have you have more, in my view, you have more players. Even Robert Woods out, you still have more talent offensively overall between your tight ends and your receivers. Now you will be Jay. You have guys who can make plays. Henderson has barely touched the ball this year, and he's still in the top 10 in rushing in the league right now. How crazy is that, dude? And I mean, he should be touching the ball. Imagine if he got the amount of carries that Jonathan Taylor was getting or, or Derrick Henry. He'd be smack. He'd almost have 1,000 yards already, dude. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that I want to circle around. Like, again, you know you're going to play this guy. Let's give it to this guy and, and see what he can do over an extended period of time. But it's almost like Sean McVay, oh, I ran it three times. Okay, I need to throw it 15. And then it's like, <laughs> I ran it one time. I need to throw it 10. It's like, hey, man, like, do you Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford came to Los Angeles because he thought he was going to get something different. He thought he was going to get the 2020 Rams with Cam Akers running the ball down everyone's throat because he never got that in Detroit. And Cam Akers got hurt. Fine. We still have other running backs on the team that can play football the last time I checked, all right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to change the game plan just because Cam got hurt. Your job was to bring Matt Stafford to Los Angeles and protect him from the nonsense he dealt with for 12 years in Detroit with terrible play calling and hanging him out the dry constantly. And what does Sean go and do? He takes his shiny new toy, and he thinks he's playing Madden, running five wide, getting poor Stafford killed, physically beat up. For no reason. And he's having Detroit flashbacks right now. I saw it in his eyes last mm-hmm. night. I yeah. feel terrible yeah. for him because he's yeah. so damn good and he's getting disrespected again. Well, I was, you look at by that, his coaches. You look at the play that he, you know, interception is like, well, yeah, I shouldn't have threw it. Yeah, you're throwing balls at like, why would you just throw that up there like that, Matt? Come on, man. Because what he's pressing. Doing, but- he feels it. He's pressing. 
Exactly. And, and, and one hit away from being on the shelf again, dude. And I just don't want that. I, I've, I've spent my whole fandom wanting a, a franchise quarterback for a long period of time. Like, like Matt Stafford, the guy played for a horrible franchise and he carried that thing on his back. Imagine what he can do with a great team and a great coach around him. Well, Sean McVay's done nothing but let him okay. down overall, in my opinion. And I want to throw this out there too, because I mean, we, we, and, we have to come full circle on this, I think, if we're going to have that discussion. You know, we justifiably hammered Jared Goff. We hammered him. But we also pointed out that Sean McVay did him no favors. Nope. Sean McVay left that man up to dry. Okay. And we're seeing the same thing happen again. Yep. You know, you're, he's, you're, he's becoming the quarterback killer. And that's what, and, and he shouldn't be. I he's, just feel bad for Goff, dude. I picked on him for years, man, but now I just feel bad because he's doing Stafford dirty now, dude. Now I'm pissed off at Sean. I'm gonna leave you alone, Jared. My bad, bro. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, Jared. So I don't think Jared lived up to the expectations. I, I think he's clear. No, Jared we know that. Was never gonna be no Hall of Fame quarterback. I knew that coming out of the draft. That's why I didn't want to trade up to get him. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, is he was good enough to get to a Super Bowl, but he was never gonna win it. Yeah, Matt Stafford's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Sean McVay will get in his way. He will. With what he's doing right now, he will get in Matt's way. And it's disappointing because, again, here we go as a Rams fan after 35 years. It's, the cycle keeps happening. Long droughts of terrible football teams and then short spurts of success. We're in year five right now, right? I don't want it to end in year six or seven. I want to keep it going. I want to be competitive consistently like franchises like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? They've only had three head coaches in a million years because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if you have a little down season, ah, it's okay, man. We're going to give you a mulligan. They have patience in that franchise. They draft certain types of players. I want to have you know, some sort of consistency like they have over the last 35 years or so. Well, DC, this is your neck of the woods and your corner. What have you been saying day one from about three years ago? What are they going to have to take? Their medicine. They're medicine. So when you look at all this, hey, man, I'm getting this guy, getting that guy. Okay, what happens if it doesn't work out? Then what? Then we're going to see a franchise collapse pretty quickly. Now, the thing is this. The thing is this. (sighs) There's a difference between taking radiation (laughs) and taking Tylenol, okay? All right. If they go win a Super Bowl, even when they have to rebuild, it's going to feel like they're taking Tylenol because we got a Super Bowl out of it. All right. That's where they are. If they bomb out of this and they blow this opportunity and then they eventually take their medicine and it feels like radiation, okay, we're going to look back on the McVeigh era in a much more frustrated way than we would ever look at how the greatest show on turf broke down. At least with the greatest show on turf, he got one Super Bowl win out of it. In this case, you're looking at, you know, so many great players coming through, and then when it's over and done with, you don't you don't have a championship to to to, to show for. They're gonna prove everyone right in the media, dude. You know, and that's why I don't want championships. You can't. Yeah, I don't either, man. I don't want to hear that noise. But they're right now. They're proving them right. They're like, you can't buy a championship, and they're comparing it to the Lakers. How they're trying to purchase a championship by. Getting a, a, an all-star Olympic team, and they can't even play together because they're all ball hogs, dude. You ball know hogs, like, yeah. <laughs> but it was never gonna work, man. But it's like, not. You know, but it's the team the old-fashioned way, bro. The the, the bad rat. thing about it is it's not the same. Okay, you know, the, I don't think they're wrong to go out there and trade for Jalen Ramsey. He, he's worth the two first rounders. He oh, yeah. is. Well, he's okay. a future Hall of Famer. Right. He's going to go down as one of the best corners ever. I, I'm yeah. with those kind of yeah. moves. And I don't. And the same for Matt Stafford. They made the right call. But if you're going to make these calls, you got to, A, make your draft picks count, the ones you do have, and two, you have to make sure you have put, you played the market well, you've got tough guys on your roster that are grinders that can make up for the fact that you're going to be missing some talent in those areas. And right now, it's like, you don't have, the guys who are your death guys, who you've had to kind of settle for because you have to pay these stars, they're not tough guys. It's a whole different game if they're tough guys, if they're hitters. They're not. 
we want bangers. <laughs> I know I do, man. I, I I'm an old school guy. I want to see dudes get angry. I saw Leonard Floyd on the bench last night after the game, and if I was his teammate, I would have smacked him in the side of the head. Boy, you better snap out of that nonsense. No one wants to see you crying. Calm down, dude. Like, I can't have that. I couldn't have that for my teammates. If we were losing 45 to 0, I'm out there still whacking dudes, man. <laughs> okay, Tommy, bag it up. Who was crying? Not literally crying, but Leonard Floyd was sitting on the bench and the camera at ESPN zoomed on, zoomed in on him. He was just sitting there all by himself pouting. I'm like, dude, suck Come it up, on, man. man. Give oh. me a break, dude. No, man. I mean, oh, I mean in they, fairness, they, the he, they got that, embarrassed that, out there. Yeah, the, in, guys, in a fairness. Lot of times, they're not used to losing. They win every high school game. They win every game in college he's without Bama or something, and they don't, they don't know what adversity looks like. You know what I mean? And then you start losing, and you don't know how to handle a loss, and you're just soft, dude. Like, suck it up. Keep it moving. This is football. Stay out of your feelings, dude. It's dangerous in there, man. Just stay out of there. Just I could tell the players are pissed off at the coaches. We all saw Ramsey snap on Morris last night. I want to see more of that. I want to see the players turn on the coaches because it's the coach's fault that they're failing. So light them up, dude. They deserve it, and it, it should come from the players. Well, it goes to they're going to hear it from us in the media all day, but the players should be in the locker room tuning them up. It goes two ways, though. You know, let's say those players are going at the coaches. Well, the coaches need to respond. I don't want to hear yeah, this. Of course, I'm going inward. I got to think inward and figure this out. You, you talking about you? You know it, <laughs> right? You, you know, know Aaron it. Donald like, came out of the shower this time with a belt in his hand and gave him the eyebrow like the Rock. He looked at Shami <laughs> Bay, my boy. You better, hey, hey, boy, you better get it together, my man, because I'm, I'm coming for you. You know, yeah. a couple of weeks ago he came out the shower, handed him the game ball. Pretty soon, he's going to come out of the shower with a belt in his hand. He's going to pop him one because, dude, Aaron Donald don't play. You know, these guys, these are future Hall of Famers. And Sean McVay said this before the season started. If I don't get Aaron Donald in the ring, I'm a failure. Well, you're on, you're on your way to that, my man. Well, man, uh, my boys, you, we sit around and we just kind of talk about all kind of stuff. One of the questions we had last week after the Tennessee thing game was, man, they're like, Dad, what do you think Aaron Donald thinks right now? I mean, he literally goes out there, consistent, balls out every game, no matter, three, four dudes on him. He's going to make a play somewhere. Like, what do you think? I go, believe me, Aaron Donald, he goes back in there in his own way, whether it's a big belt or a little belt or just a head nod, he's going, dudes, yeah, let's go. You know, so I, I just feel for guys like him, uh, that play and lay it on. And like you're saying with Matthew, you know, I kind of feel bad. I just figure, come on, Matthew, you, you a veteran, you know, better than that. But when you start pressing and you're trying to make every single play, that's what you start doing. Cause when he had the sack against Tennessee, Matt, why would you try to throw that ball when you know, hmm. you know, a, as a yeah. player, like, and as good as Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, Matt Stafford, the leaders of the team, Andrew Whitworth, right? These guys, well, possibly all future Hall of Famers. Who knows? You know what I mean? But the point is, is that if I'm on that team and I'm, you know, I'm getting long in the tooth, you know, your those careers are short and they could end at any moment. I, at some point, I'm going to I'm going to go in there and I'm going to I'm going to warn the coaching staff. Hey, y'all, you better do start doing this, this and that. Or we're going to come for your head. And what I mean by come for your head is we're going straight to Stan Kroenke. And we're going to talk to the owner and be like, because who's the owner going to side with? Five future Hall of Famers or one stupid coach? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think Sean McVay's untouchable when it compares to the future Hall of Famers that are on this roster. I'd go in there and be like, hey, you got to do something about this kid before I do because he's going to, he's killing us, man. I'm going to, I'm going to bring a name. At some point, there's going to be a breaking point. I'm going to bring a name to you guys. It's a name that is, is, you won't is you you've probably forgot it now, but the moment I say it, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, Marty Schottenheimer. This is a guy who took the Browns to multiple AFC Championship games. He led the Chargers to an AFC Championship game, and he never could quite get to the final one. Never quite could get there, and that's what I'm thinking about. A lot of times, coaches like him. They get that team to the cusp, kind of like what Tony Dungy did at Tampa Bay, but could never get them over the top. 
So they Tampa Bay fires Tony Dungy. They bring in John Gruden. They get their Super Bowl. Okay, it's, it's one Super Bowl. They got their Super Bowl. I'm I'm, I'm concerned that that's what's going to happen. That they're going to be like, yo, you know what? You've taken this team as far as you can go. Now you got to go. We're going to try and find somebody else. When in reality, we just want to see Sean McVay grow and evolve. Because I guarantee, yeah, I don't want to fire him. I don't want this kid to be a dummy and lose his his job. I want him to keep excelling. But the only way you can do that is to evolve, and he's just not doing that. I do not want him to get fired. You know, I want him to grow up. He's a kid that everyone is pumped up and just inflated his ego in the media since he became a head coach, and he's drinking his own damn Kool-Aid still. Enough, dude. Look in the mirror, humble yourself, calm down, and keep your job. You know, by by evolution, you don't have to overthink this. Michael, you know that. Your quarterbacks, no offensive lineman likes to pass block. I've asked everyone I've ever played with. They hate it with a passion because what what is pass blocking? You're you're playing defense. You're on your heels the whole time. Nobody likes that. Every offensive lineman will tell you, oh, I'd rather run the ball 60 times a game because I get to impose my will. So what he's taking that away from his offensive lineman. He's he's putting point. a target on all of their chests. And I guarantee Andrew Whitworth and all them are so pissed off right now, dude, because they they know when a defensive line and linebackers know you're going to throw the ball every down, they put a little bit extra in them toes. You know that, Michael. A little bit extra in them toes, a little bit extra in them fingers when they have a hand in the dirt, and they are about to tee off because they know it's a passing play, dude. So when you go empty, what is it going to be if, unless Mike Vick is your quarterback? <laughs> a bloodbath. <laughs> Matthew Stafford's not scrambling. He had times, and he even admitted, like, yeah, I probably could have ran, and I could have did that. But I saw Matt Stafford. He had a chance. They were inside the 10. He scrambled. He saw the defenders coming at him. He ran straight to the sideline. He didn't try to dip his shoulder. Threw the ball away. Dive for the end no. zone. <laughs> he saw how his uh, his receivers and his running backs were getting hit. He's like, I ain't getting hit by those guys. Yeah, those guys want like, those guys. Those guys are trying to get it today. I'm just right. So, <laughs> I just want to point this out too. I just want to point this out as well. You know, throughout the past three years. 2019, 2020, sorry, I won't say 2019. 2019, we kind of saw them figure it out. 2018, 2020, and I'm concerned it's going to happen this year. At the end of both those seasons, we saw the the offensive line starting to wear down. And I suspect what you're talking about is that they've been playing, they play defense for much of a game every week. That will wear on you physically. But when you let these guys run, and just run and be the and be the bullies and let them be what they what their instincts tell them to be. They're going to leave that game energized. Yep. And so why not run the football? It blows my mind. So I mean, listen, folks. If you're, it's, it's about time for us to go. But if you're thinking this is a hammer the Rams show, and you're tired of it, well, this wasn't the podcast for you tonight because they earned it. They need it, they but it. we don't. We don't want them. We don't. We don't want this team to fail. We want them to see. We, we want Sean McVay to agree. Grow. We all agree on that. We don't but, want I mean, him to lose his job. We just want him to wake up before okay. he does. I, I think people who trash Sean McVay. I saw some idiot on Facebook today who said that the all these coaches are leaving McVay because he's he's of his ego. I'm like fool. They're leaving McVay because they're getting promotions. As part of his coaching tree, that's why they're getting leaving. Pay? Yeah, that's why they're leaving. Yeah, they're getting paid. They're getting paid off of what he did with them for the Rams. They're getting promoted. As nothing, that's not his ego. He's helped. McVay's helped a lot of coaches in this in this league at this point. So don't you no. Know, we're not that way. We don't think McVay's an awful coach. He's a, he's a very good coach. But he's got the potential to be a great coach if he gets out of his own bleeping way. I think the only one that left, because let's let's remember 2000 after the 2017 season. Where did Matt Lafleur go before he became the head coach of the Packers? Tennessee. He took a lateral move to be the OC. The difference is on Tennessee versus the Rams, he got to actually do the job. On the Rams, he was just a figurehead. 
right? He was calling but the plays. He, wa- he wanted to leave because Sean McVay was a control freak and call all plays. He's like, well, what am I doing here? Am I just a uh, offensive, you know, coordinator who just makes the game plan and works with you all week, and then you you get to call it? He didn't want that. That's why he bounced. He wanted to call it himself. He did, and he earned himself a head coaching job on his own. You know, but everybody else they got promoted. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, real quick, I know we're about to head off, but I'm just kind of looking at the schedule for the rest of this year. Uh, obviously, we got the pack next week there. Uh, and then we have the Jags here. But again, I, I would, you know, I don't know. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals there, Seahawks here, Vikings there. What do you guys think the outcome of the next five games are? They're going to lose to any team that has a top ten defense. They, and, and they're going to unless they unless they change the way they do business. They're going to drop. They're going to drop every game. Since 2017, they lose to teams that have good defenses, dude. They they squeak them out sometimes, like against the Colts this year, but that's because their offense was struggling or whatever. But they lose to good defenses. I mean, I look at be good defenses. Yeah, I look at it right now. I'll go right now as we're sitting right now. Green Bay's a loss. Jacksonville, they should get a win there. At yeah. Arizona, the way they're playing right now, that's going to be just a injured, loss. So if they stay injured, we could. We could. I mean, well, Kyler play. should be back if by, they're at full speed. Yeah, the way they're, they're playing. So Seattle should be a win right now. That's two and two. So that's what nine and five at Minnesota in the cold. Minnesota's not too shabby. It's not in four the and cold, five. It's indoor. No, that <laughs> that stadium is in Minnesota is not indoor, is it? Yes, it is. I've been there, and it's like eighty in, degrees inside okay. there. All right, well, we'll <laughs> see. It's too hot. <laughs> They'll probably want it cold. Yeah, I did. When I walked in there, it was when I was outside, it was 18 degrees, and when I walked in, it was 80, and I started peeling off my clothes, and it felt like needles were crawling all over me oh because gosh. of that temperature differential shift. All right, but wow. they, I mean, given the wild. fact it's December and it's a warm weather team coming in, I, I would think they would, uh, you know, but Minnesota's not playing poorly. That could be a, a loss. They go to Baltimore the following week. They're home That's with the 49ers. Enough. This is not an easy That's schedule. Enough. No, dude. All, right. those, all those teams run the ball and play defense, dude. Oh <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> in trouble, yo. <laughs> this Ooh, could Sean be. in trouble, boy. You better change that game plan, dude. <laughs> yeah. You You'll get bad staff and murdered. Uh, yeah, I think there's so I'm saying, two the wins the day, there that you can count on. You actually two. go in and make some changes. But, Derek, you've been saying it since McVay got here. When is he going to run 12 personnel and get this two tight end thing rolling? Well, Johnny Monk getting hurt kind of messed that up, though. Do we well, even have two tight ends on the roster right now? Well, Bryson Hopkins. Yeah. But he, oh, he, was, yeah. he wasn't active. Poor kid has never even seen the field, man. It sucks. I mean, they're kind of, you know, Johnny Munt really hurt, though, I think, more than we realized. Yeah. Right. Be. So, but again, you know, these are some of the things that McVay could probably be more of your strengths. But. I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed like to all me, he has to do just to get the team off of his back is run the ball. That's and, it. And, and play and control the clock because now you're getting the defense off the field so they can breathe, right? right. Which they're going to love. They want every, every defensive player wants fresh legs. You know that, Mike. And run the ball by, re, you know, rewarding the offensive line and say, hey, man, I've been putting you guys on your heels. My bad. That's my bad, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to show you some respect. We're going to, I'm going to let you guys go fight. This and, is, and show the yeah. players that you respect them and that you care about their feelings. Because right now, he's treating them like they're soldiers, and he owns them, and he could do whatever they want, he, what he wants with them. And that's not right. You can't treat those guys like that. You got to show them respect. They're your peers, and half of them are older than you. Do, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm Andrew Whitworth, I'm looking at Sean, I'm like, boy, I'm about to put you over my knee, boy. You know? The, the <laughs> thing is, is when, you, when you look at this team, where they are, uh, I have to think that I have to think they're just there's just too much talent there for them, for them not to figure it out. There's nothing really to figure out. You just got to do what all of us are saying and what everyone in the Mina Kimes has a better playbook for the Rams than Sean McVay does. She's like, run the ball, dude. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Ten times? What are you doing? It's not rocket science. It's football. 
and and Sean McVay thinks he's you know building uh, the flux capacitor for the damn Delorean. He gets in his own way, man. It's just football, dude. It's football. Stop overthinking it, dude. We can we can do this all night. Honestly, we can keep digging on those. There are more things that are occurring to me as as we get there, but it's getting late. And quite frankly, this is exhausting. So, with that in <laughs> mind, you can follow Tommy on Twitter, Ram Tommy in LA. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. And you can follow the great Michael Stewart at 1Duke23. Follow Rams Talk on Twitter at Talk Rams. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and our group, which is the Rams Talk Room. All that said, make sure you find our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. And it's time for us to get out of here. Green Bay. Next week, Sean McVay's got two weeks to fix it. Here we're just hoping he fixes it. We're out of here. Have a great one. We're out. <laughs> oh, man. Great show, guys. 